The Confederacy of Dunks is now on the Talkhole Podcast Network. Check out talkhole.co for more great podcasts. Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks with Kevin Douse and Freddie Rebus. Wow. Wow. Here we are. are. Jinx. Episode. Oh, we did? Do you owe me a beer? <laughs> yep. You owe me a couple beers. Yep. I want two. Uh, Trump's America. Were you about to say what number <laughs> episode this was? 40. Cool. On That's the 40th fun. episode. That's that a milestone. That seems like a big deal. Yeah. This is 40. We're over the hill. 40 year old virgin. Uh, episode lordy, 40 lordy lordy look who's 40 <laughs> all those things um, how you been kev i've been good yeah? um yeah things things have been busy busy but fun keeping keeping my happy light on at all times because there's never been any sun oh that's true it yeah. is so dreary out yeah it's brutal um i rewatched the entire sopranos nice in under a month oh are you affected <laughs> <laughs> i'm yeah like you start to get on a roll where it's like this guy is a serious monster. Like, yes. It's, oh yeah. Bad. Bad person. He's killed so many of his own yeah. family. Yes. And just doesn't care. Yeah. Real rotten. So that's been my month. Cool. Um, well, uh, my name's Kevin Dows. Freddie Rivas is. Uh, he he might join us partway through the pod, guys. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. He's going to drop in via helicopter. Um, <laughs> got Matt Duncan working working the dials. Working the keys. Working the keys. And we got uh, we got a couple wonderful guests here. Um, first, coming at us over the phone, uh, she's been on the pod a number of times. That's her daughter there in the background saying hello. Everyone, please welcome <laughs> Elisa Nobrega. Hello. Oh, you have a fun theme, Elisa. Yeah. I forgot about this one. Wow, that was that was a great intro song, and my daughter Mariana is here with me, and she also approved. Nice. Was yes. she dancing? Thank you for having me on. Sorry, what did you yeah. say? I said, was she dancing? She was dancing, uh, mostly with like her arms flailing out. That's her signature move. Yeah, me she too. likes to lie on her back and like flail her arms, but nice. like nice. she could win a dance competition with that move. Sick, sick, true, true, <laughs> true, true. Uh, <laughs> Uh, also in house, uh, a friend of the show, uh, welcoming back uh, Ohio's own Ned Petrie. Yeah, oh. Ooh. yeah. He's running. He's Check jumping. Check this out. There's... Whoa! All right. I always work on new moves every time I come yeah. back. I always picture it as you grabbing a star <laughs> and just like. Running through all of the Goombas. Yeah. I, I know I know we have a guest over the phone here, so she didn't see, but I did a triple backflip. Yeah, it was pretty cool. There. <laughs> I yeah. always work on a new move. Ned's uh, abs are insane. Well <laughs> from his backflip. Not that I wanted the abs, it's just a side product of mm. trying to get really good at the backflip. Yes. Back it's yes. a necessary thing. <laughs> so you, you mentioned you, you watched all the Sopranos in a in a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, pretty and much. That's it's this weird phenomenon now where you can binge watch shows that were meant to be watched a week. Yes. Apart from one another, <laughs> and it's very extreme. I read that in uh, Mexico, a Mexican company bought the rights to adapt Breaking Bad, but they turned it into a telenovela. So instead of an episode every week, it was an episode every night. Oh and God. so it was over in three weeks. And, but, <laughs> and every episode followed the exact plot 
Really? Of the wow. one we know. So it's so imagine everything oh, that happened that's... in Breaking Bad, but crushed oh, wow. into three weeks that, of television. That escalates insanely. Oh, the that's deaths, intense. the murders, the exploding yeah. uh, planes. Oh, it's God. it's uh, that's a lot that's to a deal lot with. Of stuff. Yeah, I kind of want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine, yeah. imagine I think that would be really good. <laughs> imagine you're Walter White's friend in that version, and you're like, "Well, I'm going on a cruise." And then you come back and you're like, yeah. whoa, what happened in this town? What happened to my buddy? This is wild. This is a, this is a national story. Yeah. You really yeah. did it. Damn, I got to find that and funnel it into my brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, guys, uh, let's, let's get going here. We got, we got a lot to talk about, a lot of stuff happening around the league. But let's, um, we'll start at home with the, with the Toronto Raptors. There's our Raptors theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. nope, nope. That's enough. They All don't deserve any more than that. No, it's All true. Gonna play a little bit better, boys. Um, you know, I have I have some specific questions, but I guess Elisa, oh, I'll I'll pose you the first general. The fuck's up with the Raptors? <laughs> Wait, did you say what the fuck's up with the Raptors? Yeah, or the Raptors? <laughs> no, the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors. What happening? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's a it's. I feel like it's a product of the injuries, mm-hmm. like, you know, DeMar and Patterson and all that, and the combination of the schedule. Like, January's a tough time, and yeah, I feel everybody's like we've so had tired, all back-to-backs. and Kyle Lowry can't do it all himself, and, you know, all those kind of, like, road trips and, oh, and all that. Yeah, yeah, I, you know. I definitely, I tend to agree. I feel like, I feel like you're always going to have a lull, and I feel like... With the Raptors, because we're like that deep team where everyone's important. When you lose two important guys, you're like, oh shit, that's yeah, we're bad now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're two important guys plus Patrick Patterson, essentially, and yeah. we lost, you know, two of those three. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually, uh, you know, when Freddie comes in, he, I know he disagrees with me on this, but I'm not of the school of thought that says, you know, like we must trade we must get another piece like clearly mm. we are so bad we need to improve all of that stuff right. so um i'm i'm sort of just like there's nobody i'm always of this frame of mind that like whoever we bring in is not necessarily going to solve the problem of injuries fatigue road trips which is what i think the raptors are suffering from right now you know yeah. what i mean yeah I mean, I yeah. I do feel like I I tend to agree with you for the most part, but I also feel like basketball really is just like, do you have more people who are good than you win? Like, yeah. if you have more talent, then you have more talent. And uh, yeah, I'd love to bring in a Baca. I don't know what it would cost, but I'd be super interested in that. Um, yeah, I know. I I mean, it's true. It is kind of where the league is right now. It's mm-hmm. like build as many people as you can on one team and out out talent the other team that you're facing. Mm-hmm. But if we were to bring in Ibaka, you know, you're going to have to give up something. Right. And yeah. then you start looking at like, what are those pieces that are, are worth the Raptors giving up? You know, for me, it's like so hard. That's where I'm like the worst at it. I could never be a GM. I could never be like, <laughs> Oh, this person is worth it to give up. Yeah. Or even the future. I'd be like, no, Ross I can't. I need cutie. all those future talent. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ned, how are you feeling about it? Do you see like, are you seeing big problems or you think it's like, just I think it's big season? problems. Cause I, I don't think there's, um, I, I still think even as it is now, they're not in a position where they've, I don't know, lost their positioning yeah. in the conference yeah. or anything like that. I don't think anybody's totally surpassing 
uh, the Raptors or anything like that. Um, I kind of agree that this is that point in the season where everybody's just kind of depressed and annoyed. Yeah. And this is normally the time of the season where LeBron does that thing where he takes off, you know, a week takes or something. Off two weeks, yeah. So I think the Raptors should just take off a whole week. Just the whole team. Just yeah. uh, just throw a couple games. Just don't send <laughs> don't anybody. Golf. Just bring Somewhere up the down south. yeah. Bring up the nine oh fives to to run our no, plays sign, for a couple weeks. Sign yeah. uh, whoever the D League team is. Just let them play a couple. It'll be good for them. Yeah, get some NBA exposure. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Just bring up the whole team. Yeah, yeah. Fred, and, Fred Van Vliet can stay. He can he and, can hang out and but play. Everyone else, oh, everyone else, the whole staff. But just send the rest and of the Fred staff. Fred Revis can arrive. Oh, yeah. Guys, you missed us. For those who aren't watching the the live video cast of our <laughs> podcast right now, uh, Freddie actually just crashed through Matt's ceiling. Yeah. It's he's zip so lined cold in. in here now. Zip line yeah. in from a helicopter. I did uh, some Brendan Fraser and Cino Man. Oh please, wow! Please carry on. Wow. I was thinking more <laughs> Stallone and something, that- but. Sidebar is that I have, uh, much like uh, Matt was watching all of The Sopranos, I have just completed watching all of the James Bond movies. Oh. So I think Freddie's entrance was very, you know, can yeah. I say die another day Oh, wow. yeah. That's what I want to say. And I actually yeah. just there. finished watching all the Encino way. Man movies. <laughs> all of them. There's yeah. more. All of them. Oh, yeah. Where are those there's, hidden there's ones? There's 15, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were lost in the shuffle. Yeah, there were so many imitators of yeah. Encino Man well, in the early nineties. Yeah. The main one we all know is actually Encino Man fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. yeah. Paulie Shore, There's Brandon Fifteen Frazier. before yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. fifteen. Wow. They really built up to yeah. it. Yeah, they made two a year. Wow. <laughs> Every year. Who's the original Encino Man? Um, it was uh, Paul Schaefer. Pierce Brosnan. I said Paul Schaefer. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I blew this up. We were talking. <laughs> <Pierce Whoa. Brosnan. laughs> You're thinking of three and four. Yes, was yeah. Paul Schaefer. Yeah. Paul Schaefer. <laughs> we, we were talking about Van Fleet. Uh, we were actually talking about just generally what the fuck's up with the Raptors right now. Cool was game the, last was night. the question I posed. Yeah. Um, um, Freddie, I was saying that I know that you are the uh, differing opinion here, but I'm. I'm I'm one that says that, you know, we, we don't need to panic and like start trading all our pieces and bring somebody else in. But I know that you have some thoughts about getting somebody good to just be like, no, we need a, a stronger presence on the wraps. Right. Or am yeah. I wrong? Well, my, my, my kind of thought the whole year is that I feel like, like when, when people say like, oh, we need Millsap to like compete with Cleveland. I think that's a wrong way to think about it. I think we needed like Millsap to ensure we don't lose in the first or second round. Oh. And I still think that's kind of the same deal. I don't think whoever we get, unless it's somehow boogie, we there's no challenge to Cleveland, period. Yeah. But I do think that um, where we sit right now, um, we're definitely flirting with a first-round exit. Uh, we're definitely flirting with, like, if we do somehow squeak by the first round, a second-round exit. And I think for years to come, this core um, – I know Kevin's going to talk about the core more, but, like, it's uh, it's teetering. And I think it's old, especially the most talented part of the core. So I think that um, we need more talent on this roster. Um, I heard you guys talking about Ibaka. Ibaka would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, I don't think a trade is a panic. It it was. It it depends. Depends on what we give up. Sorry. Yeah. That's exactly it. It depends on what's traded and that sort of thing. But like, basically, this rap squad has like stood pat more or less and re-signed their people for like two or three years. So um, I think it's kind of high time for a trade and. 
um, based on the last couple of years, like depth just is not really that much of an attribute in the playoffs. Yeah, I feel like we don't we, need it that much. We I, don't need Corey Joseph or Patterson or these guys to like give give a meaningful eighteen minutes in the playoffs. Like, sorry, you do need that, but what you need more so is like yeah. John Wall to play, John Wall to yeah. play forty five minutes yeah. of a forty eight minute game. You yeah. know what I mean? I really think that like we have we have like a guard to give up. We have two draft picks to give up. And we've got a bunch of bigs, like one or two of whom we could give up and not be too far off from where we are now. And then getting Ibaka or Millsap or whomever would then volley us up that much more. So it'd mm-hmm. be like, I think, I think where you got to be careful is when you start giving up someone like Patterson, who is such a glue guy. Yeah. Or like Ross, I think I'd be pretty resistant to giving him up because he just he's the only guy on our team. Well, Lowry, I guess, obviously, but like he's the only guy on our team who's uh, just bombing threes right now. Yeah. Yeah, but that's this year. There was a, a long period of time where everybody was like, Yeah, get rid of Ross. Totally. You know, trade him and yeah. like that's that's part of the reason that I'm so apprehensive is mm-hmm. because you never know when a team, like which players are a going to gel are yep. going to become like best buds, like Lowry uh-huh. and DeRozan and suddenly go off and do career stuff. Yeah. And you never know when the players that you have been developing are suddenly going to become amazing. Like we all know, like if we, <laughs> I just know that if we trade Terrence Ross, he's going to go to another team and he's going to just like explode and he's going to like, become like Steph Curry level three point shooter or something like that. Or Jonas, <laughs> well, you know, I, he's going to trade him to another team and he's going to be like boogie level numbers or something like that. But Jonas that's, could be, that's always the fear I have. Sure. No, that's, that I, is uh, the legit that's fear. The, I think. That's the fear. Yeah. And I think like, if you look at this Raptors team, like for me anyways, we're loaded up on apples, uh, on assets that are duplicates. Yes. So mm-hmm. we have three mm-hmm. excellent yeah. two okay, guards. Good point. We have Ross Powell and DeRozan all good starting two guards in the NBA. Yeah. But you force one of them to play the three, they're not so good. Or, you you know, Ross has basically, like, done a good job as becoming the backup two-guard guy. But I think Ross is talented enough on a lot of teams to start at the two. Yeah. Especially, I, think, I also think veteran Ross is going to be a very fun one to totally. watch. Totally. And, like, at, at this point, like, there's no other way to judge Ross. He's one of the very best shooters in the entire NBA yeah. and has been for the, the last three years. Mm-hmm. He's an excellent three-point shooter, which is like super sought after, you know, mm-hmm. basically for any team. Um, Powell definitely looks like he is a major, major attribute. Yeah. Um, totally. The one trade that I have been seeing a lot that I kind of like, that's like, lets us keep Ross is convincing someone to take Damari Carroll yeah. by giving them Powell. By giving them. So right. basically mm-hmm. it's like, do you want Powell and Carroll? Because Powell, everybody wants, mm-hmm. but he's on this rookie contract. So if you want a guy like Ibaka, he's totally untradeable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you need yeah. to match salaries. And uh, Carroll has, I think he's like 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I don't know what Powell is. Like 400,000. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I think they actually might have signed him to something a bit more, but. Um. Yeah. 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 So, so something to that effect. Yeah. Because even Ross is only eleven million dollars. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have to put someone else with him. Yeah. Like maybe Jared Solinger. But isn't yeah. this Ross's last year and under that contract? Or, oh no, he just no, signed he just that resigned, contract. Yeah. No, this is his right? first, year first year on a good contract. A very good contract. So that's like also was a reason. So you don't mad about. It. But like you know, let's yeah, let's know. just like theorize for a second. So you don't want to trade Powell, right? Okay. Two years, you want to max out Powell because mm-hmm. that's what he's going to be asking for. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams will max. Yeah, him but out. in. 
So so it's like yeah, we're we're, we're gonna years, have a, yeah yeah you know I, I see mean? what you're saying. In two years, DeRozan's twenty nine, still a major part of our team. Yeah, maybe um, still two years better. Who yeah, knows? exactly. Like yeah, maybe like, maybe DeRozan's declined so much in two years that you're trying to get rid of him or something. But I just don't see that at that at this point. Yeah, like, no, me neither. More um, likely is that in two years he's like incorporated a consistent three ball into his game exactly, and like he's an amazing exactly. player. Yeah, knowing DeRozan, I would kind of bet on that personally. Yeah. Um, well, that actually leads us kind of nicely into the next question I was thinking of. Um, is that like so? This current, our current, this current Raptors era, let's say, you know, um, it's it's been real good for the last like pr- pretty much since the Rudy Gay, Gay trade. I would say this era started, and since oh, Mas- yeah. since mm-hmm. Masai's arrival, easily been the best uh, like Raptor era of all time. Um, so where's it where's it going? Like how much more? How much longer do we have? It's worth asking now with with Lowry's contract essentially being up after this year. Yep. Because he's not he's not going to pick up his own option. I highly doubt. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, maybe Ned, maybe I'll pose it to you first. Like, what do you see? What's the shelf life of this Raptors era? Is Lowry coming back? If he doesn't, what does that mean? Like, I don't know. I've always um, uh, been of the the mind. Now, granted, as a Cavs fan, when you have someone like LeBron on the team, you're like, great, we're comfortable. You know, just keep. Just keep with this. Keep keep getting yeah, better. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, any other team I've followed, anytime you're not a contender, I'm just blow it up. Just, right. blow, just forget right. it. Blow it up. Yeah. So it's like, yes, this this is the best era in the history of the of the Raptors. No doubt about it. They're definitely on pace for another 50 win season. And yep. Yeah. Um, and more uh, playoff wins. But on the other hand, I mean, you were saying before, it's like, is anything going to happen that's going to get you us know, over any hump? You know. Yeah. Vault uh, into into a real contender position. Mm-hmm. Um, and my impulse is always like, if not, just yeah. figure it out until you can. Else. Yeah. You know, this is the kind of league where you, you need to have one of the top, <laughs> you can, know, 10 players in the league yeah. in order to even to contend. Do you think DeRozan could be our Dirk though, where he's just like, I'm here forever. You know, we have like eight really good years. Then you, one year it all comes together. We win a championship, but that was the only, he's like, a piece. I, I, think DeMar, I mean, there are players on this team where if they're your first, second, third best player, they, or they, they could be a first, second or third best player on a championship. Mm-hmm. I can see yeah, that happening. Totally. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, what what would we need? I don't know. You were saying yeah. bogey. It's like you need. Some I, I, I think I think like if we like if you're if you're looking at this current iteration of the Raptors mm-hmm. and and it's like let's say let's say we'll just, we'll just focus on Lowry, DeRozan, and JV. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's like the main part. of I the think core. so. Yeah. Um, although there's lots of questions. JV is now. Yeah, yeah well, lots of questions question with JV, but I think that's like the major part of the core. So with that core, with uh, I think. It's best with Lowry being your best player. Like if I have, if I had to take a guess right now, I would say, and this this is hard to hard to admit, mm-hmm. but I would say that DeRozan or JV are never going to have a season as efficient and good as Lowry's season this year and last year. I I would so agree with you. I don't mm-hmm. think that's ever going to mm-hmm. happen. So I think that um, if you want this current core with those three guys to be a championship level team, yeah. you basically add to ha- have to add someone who is as good as those guys yeah. at the other two positions on the starting lineup. Right. So I think Ibaka is like the first step in that. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's kind of why I'm, I'm forced getting a guy that you can then resign. Yeah. Because then you need you, their bird rights. Like you can't yeah, get a free agent. Exactly. So, so then you're yeah. kind of playing the Houston game, right? Where, where it's like you got Harden and then, you know, they got Howard. Obviously it didn't work out. But I mean, like, it's like you, 
it takes a couple steps to get like like it's a rare situation that that happens. What happened to Cleveland? Yeah, or, or Miami? Boston or yeah. Miami? Yeah. Well, even, even yeah. Oh, sorry, you mean like Boston with Garnett? Yeah. Well, yeah, because like even if you like took Boston's core right now, they're not even sniffing a championship. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they never will. Yeah, because Horford will never. Like unless they can somehow get Jimmy Butler or mm-hmm. someone who's like another, another major major guy, yeah, because Horford's guy. not going to make it. And Brad Stevens hasn't won a playoff series, and like I, I think he will this year, yeah. but I would not at all be shocked if he didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, really, yeah. I have the opposite impression of Boston. Like in my mind, Boston is doing something that is sort of what I always feel is like the better way to do it, just like not accumulating a bunch of stars, but working on their game slowly and like they compete super hard all the time but perhaps i'm totally naive in thinking that they are as good as their record shows right now like well, I, oh they, actually no they i will crumble totally i think but i think boston's great i just don't think that like or sorry like if we're going around the like can this core win a championship mm-hmm. sorry that's how i was kind of friends mm-hmm. because i don't think that boston real i i, I if, they, if they won more than two games against this current cleveland squad i would be like pretty shocked um, I mean, right, part of it right. too, just speaking about talent, is that Isaiah Thomas is playing like MVP level ball yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah, which they would need to yeah. to even like, to to win games in the in the playoffs. I think exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd have to go off, which he might. He could. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's like that is the time when when those players take those next steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. guess the biggest question for me around this current Raptors era is like how much Lowry has left. Yeah, um, exactly. He's 30. He can't make it through a season right now without getting, like, exhausted because we play the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, how maybe he – like, he's in the best shape of his career the last couple of years, and it shows. And Steve Nash played great till 35, 36, mm-hmm. whatever. So maybe that's a thing that Lowry can pull off. Um, Chauncey did it too. Um, I don't know if he played quite that long, but he played really well in his old years. For so. me, the best signs that Lowry can age well is his shooting. Yeah, and I think so, which has only can, gotten yeah, better. You, you don't lose yeah. that. And he, yeah, exactly. And he can play the off guard. Mm-hmm. So I've always, you know, I've always said to Kevin, like, privately or probably on this podcast a couple times, I would, like, my dream's always been that, like, Lowry would be our Billups. Yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. he would, and I mm-hmm. think that, like, the, you know, if we could massage it in some way that he would maybe you know, we would win a championship when he's our third or fourth best player. Mm-hmm. But that to me means either you're like pretty confident in certain players developing into like better than Lowry. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you're bringing in people. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? I wanna... Siakam in three years. Sorry, I, I, Sorry I would... go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just, I'm actually done. <laughs> I talk, yeah. Talk. I was going to say something totally crazy. And it's a thought that I, oh, I no, he's about uh... sometimes. <laughs> Which is that, um, okay, so for the Raptors, when we started, you know, we were this, like, club that, you know, nobody, like, really wanted to come to. And mm-hmm. when Masai came in, his thing was all about, like, changing the culture of the Raptors, which I think he's done pretty well. Like, Raptors are hype. Everybody loves them. We mm-hmm. sell out all the games. The merch is everywhere. Like, that's awesome. And so we're talking about how maybe – a championship isn't actually the immediate goal yet. Yeah. It's still to like build this like cool team that like American players want to play at and like can draw mm. like to become like essentially a big market team, like 
the Bulls and the Knicks yeah. and the Lakers or whatever, so we can get the Kevin Durants and the yeah. Boogies even, or like yeah. people yeah. who have these big contracts, and that we might still have a few years of that kind of building before we, we before we can like get to that level of then winning a championship. Yeah, I think And so if we still have a few yeah. years of like that culture building, then maybe it's okay that we're still going to keep Lowry. Like we're going to ride out Lowry because Lowry's been such a heart and soul of this oh, team. Oh God, yeah, to, like, pay him bring whatever. Us to this level. Do you, know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I was going to say as part of this too, is that like, I'm, I'm, I don't even want to think about Masai ever leaving the Raptors. Cause like right. I want him to spend his whole career here because I think, I think he, I think the culture starts from the top down and some teams it's the owners of uh, the Raptors have like the absentee owner thing going on, which is not great, but better than like the maniac owners who we'll touch on yeah. in a little bit. Um, at least they spend money when they need to. Exactly. So, so basically our culture starts at Messiah and goes down from there. Um, right. which, you know, I think is, I think, I think it's, it's great. I think, I think you're totally right, Elisa. I think that's like, you have to build, you have to build a thing that you can sell to players, you know? And, yeah. and when people arrive in trades, even if they're not free agents, you want them to get there and be like, Oh yeah, I know how to be here. Like I'm happy to be here. I know what my yeah, role exactly. is. And like, if you're, um, if you're, you know, not really that interested in like developing and playing the slow game and the kind of like accumulating assets with the Raptors, then you're facing the question of, um, okay, I need to beat LeBron yeah. before he or before he turns thirty like five or like yeah. mm-hmm. you know, starts to fade. Or forget about Cleveland for a second. We keep talking about Cleveland. And if we're talking about winning a championship, you're talking about beating Clay, yep. Curry, Draymond, yeah. and, uh, and Durant. Durant. And I think the oldest person there is Curry, who's twenty eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good luck beating them true? in the next seven years. Yeah. Um yeah. Sorry, well, what's that? Is Curry 28 and he's the oldest? I'm pretty sure, pretty yeah. Pretty sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So that's kind of like what you're looking at. Um, but yeah, no, I th- that's why I agree with you. Like the Raptors need to keep, they, they need to stay good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean. We need like a decade of making the playoffs just because. But then at the same. Yeah, sa- exactly. Yeah. At the same time, I'm looking at Ned here. I, yeah. I, Ned didn't even say anything, but yeah. I'm just remembering what he was saying about like always blowing it up. And it's hard not to look <laughs> it's at hard Philly, not to want to. Philly and Embiid, yeah. and like with like Simmons coming and maybe being like, but they might beat Golden State. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. they won't because they're so yeah. far away still, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, it's kind of like, man, Embiid is like way more special than anyone on our team. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. So it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. You do need to get someone who's a top 10 talent unless you're banking on being having a Detroit magical run or yeah I'm, I'm always yeah. of two minds or about a it Dallas my, magical run. my impulse and this is why I shouldn't be a GM is like blow it up blow it up blow it up <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah but yeah. yes but you're, totally, you're absolutely yeah. correct there is something to be said of just being consistently good and people thinking of you as good and wanting to play there uh, but he, and when I think about it especially team like when that, you're previously like a tire fire right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. and the, the team that I think of as being like the most consistent is like the Spurs you know and it's like well they're a small market mm-hmm. they're, they're not a sexy market except that it's just such a well run team uh, however, um, if you look at their history, what vaulted them into that stratosphere was being terrible <laughs> and getting getting those number getting, one picks. Yeah, you know, yeah, getting totally. that's how they got their assets uh, to to get to that level. So 
It's a bit of both. <laughs> yeah. A lot of luck. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And the Spurs also have going for them that I think like most players would want to uh, have Pops as a coach. And I think yep. that he's like a big draw in itself. Yeah. At this point. But yeah. But true. like to get there. Like they had to. Oh yeah, no, for they had sure. To be yeah, the it's worst true. team in they the league. Two, well, mm-hmm. they were the worst team in the league exactly two times in the history yeah. of the franchise. Those, San Antonio. Yeah, and yeah. those were the years that yeah. they got. Well, and what's crazy Hall is like famers, so. they were like good, like they were like excellent team year after year after year with Robinson. Yes, yeah. like before Duncan. And yeah. the one year, so, the one year, yeah, the one year. Out, yeah, um, they get Tim Duncan. It's pretty magical. But that happened with uh, Cleveland. Didn't Cleveland get like three out of the four number one picks? <laughs> yeah, they did. And stupid. One of them was yeah. Anthony Bennett, yeah. and one of them was Wiggins. That's yeah, right. it, it didn't even it didn't even matter that one of them was Anthony Bennett. Uh, number yeah. one yeah. draft pick, Anthony Bennett. Yeah. It didn't even harm them that one of them was Anthony Bennett. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. That's yeah, insane. Cleveland. I, I remember when it kept happening. It was so yeah. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You must have been like every year being like, here we go. Okay, yeah. yeah. Let's bring- well, then when LeBron came back, but in that two weeks where they had LeBron and Anthony Bennett and Wiggins um, uh, and uh, Kyrie was the first team in the history of the NBA to have four number one draft oh, picks on the same team yeah. until they traded to yeah. them. Um, but yeah, but even that's a luck, you know, bottoming out kind yep. of thing mm-hmm. that has to happen. So I don't know. Um, shall we move on to our next segment? Yeah, let's move on to the NBA. Matt, would you hit it? Ha! Huh. Uh, Dirty South. Cold. What up, Coffee. New Orleans? Hello, D New Orleans. Um, <laughs> What's up, okay. baby? Big well, baby. uh, this isn't usually our wheelhouse at the Confederacy of Dunks basketball podcast, but uh, me and Kevin were noticing, or uh, as we were talking about the podcast today, um, we were noticing that the NBA is very much full of drama right yeah. now. Oh my gosh, so much. Um, so much drama. You know, lots of different types of drama. Um, so I'm just going to pick one. And we'll talk about it, and uh, then we'll move on uh, when, when we feel like we've got we've said what we need to say. Right. Um, What's going on, Freddie? Let me start with uh, last night. The, well, the New York Knicks are going to occupy a lot in and of, of this. The, in oh and of themselves yeah. are, a, are a drama fest. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me just start <laughs> with um, – uh, maybe I'll start with you, Elisa. Did you see the uh, Charles Oakley clip? I did. I sure did. Okay, so so why don't you hit me with some of your thoughts about that? What happened? Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, well, I'll let Elisa describe it. Yeah. So, well, from the clips, it seems like uh, the Oak was went to a Knicks game and he had some words for James Dolan, and he started to like really give it to him, and then security came up to him and was like, "No, man, you can't." And he's like, no, no, I really can. And started to like push a bunch of security and then they, they threw him out. And oh it was, uh, it was a scene at the garden. Whoa. It was very much yeah. a scene. Whoa. Well, and it, but it, when I first heard it, I thought it was a direct confrontation between James Dolan and Charles Oakley, but it was just, he was there. And according to Charles Oakley, because he, he, he talks disparagingly about James Dolan and his ownership, rightfully so. Yeah. Cause the man's a nightmare. Yes. Um, uh, publicly, he says that whenever he comes to games now, security like tells him like, "Listen, man, just lay low." Like we've been told to like not let you go anywhere or do anything. <laughs> oh, so apparently, see, that's according oh. to Oakley. See, you know what? Okay, so, so this has been simmering for some time. Okay. Well, my initial thought is like, 
I'm not even trying to be a Charles Oakley apologist or anything like that because I think he's a pretty like tough, aggressive Listen, player. He's if anything, he's the most consistent individual. This is Charles Oakley doing what Charles Oakley has always he's done. He's legit like rough around the edges. He like, has never not yeah. pushed you back if you pushed <laughs> yeah, him. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that he's is the, he's the old school like bruiser, rougher yeah. upper, you know. Bears, the the bears are who we thought they were yeah, in exactly. regards to Charles for sure. Yeah. But like for me immediately when I see something like that, I'm kind of like, I need some context. Mm. So I, 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 sure, I have the context that uh, Charles is who you think he is, but I also <laughs> have the, and now I have context that uh, Dolan, for whatever reason, is uh, making Charles's life more difficult than it needs to be. Yeah, um, He apparently is notorious for doing that with everyone, everyone around the Knicks who ever critiques the franchise, including media, former people, anything like wow. that. He like freezes them out. He yeah. buries it. Oh, yeah. Well, because okay. according to Charles Oakley, when he was asked about it, he said he came to pick up his ticket because somebody left him one. And uh, I guess it was told when he picked up the ticket, the person was like, oh, like, like apparently the staff at MSG have been like, he's on their list of people where if this guy shows up, tell me. Um, so apparently they were telling him to leave or something or move, yes. move from his seat. And he just showed, and apparently when they went in the hallway, he actually like punched a couple guys, which isn't great. Okay. Yeah. That's, even, that's even more context, which <laughs> is, uh, is bad for Charles, yeah. but like, it isn't great. So I will my say, question is, does he have any official affiliation with the Knicks anymore? No, just he's an just an old no. player. He's coming just to a, the game. Once just, a Nick, just a Knicks a Nick. legend. Yeah. That's all he is. They have once a Nick, always a Nick sewn onto the inside of their jerseys, by the way. What era is he from? Really? Real thing. He yeah. playing the seventies. The Patrick Ewing era. Yeah. yeah. He was late 80s through the through, through the, the 90s. 90s. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and we had him for a while. The Raptors had Oak for what? a while. With Vince, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> he was part of our 47-win Vince team. He was team. part of our best team Charles ever Oakley, for a while. Oh, my God. Uh, up until Ben Wallace, Charles Oakley was the greatest, like, uh, NBA player to have never played college basketball. Oh. And his way into the league was being... He didn't uh, play college basketball? No. No, he played like junior college basketball. Like, like oh. he, he he never played How did NIA. He get into the league? Well, same with Ben Wallace. They went to the same place. Like, they went to community college and they just got in through what? some like walk on tryout that's or something. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. And, that is uh, absolutely crazy. And it, and it was Charles Oakley that helped Ben Wallace get into the league because, like, whatever coach he had on this junior college level informed him, like, this is after you, this is the next NBA level guy. I've had wow. it was Charles Oakley that made the phone calls or whatever um, to get him in. I know that uh, apparently Matt, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Barnes did mm. not go to college yeah, and think. was mm-hmm. found in like hey. in like playing. I think like he not even in a community college. He was playing in like a like you know like rec leagues. Yeah. I feel like he was wow. found for college that way. But I uh, think. Oh, all right, okay, and I should clarify. You know what? No, I mean no college, actually, but no. I think yeah. Kevin's got to be right because, like, with like like the way the U.S. works, they just have so many tentacles mm-hmm. for yes. like for for noticing athletes. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're not a great high school, or if you you know grow late or whatever, Dennis Rodman was a similar situation. But yeah. anyway, so Charles Oakley got into the league just being tough as nails, yeah, and as as Michael Jordan's like enforcer, and then yeah, yeah, he, and yeah. then he was Patrick Ewing's enforcer, and then he was Vince, Vince Carter's enforcer. enforcer. The man's an enforcer. He's a goon. That's yeah. what he is. He's a goon. He's <laughs> um, a goon. So, am I and surprised? He drama. I think so. <laughs> so I'm not mad at him at all. If he punched a guy, it's yeah. like, well, that, well, that's, I guess. What, what do you want him to do? My, my initial <laughs> thought is, anytime I see someone, anyone really, kind of in that situation where they're like a bit cornered. Mm-hmm. Getting mobbed by six I security guards always, is like... I always yeah. think about... Okay, you know, obviously I uh, I could totally be wrong or underestimating the situation. But 
I always feel like when someone's like, when, when, when the security guard grabs someone's arm and then the person's like, don't touch me. What would happen if the security guard was like, okay, I won't touch you, but you do need to leave. Like, well, I think that's I, what I wonder happened. If that's... I, I assume that the guard well, was like, okay, so, but you need to leave, sir. And Oak was like, oh, no, I have a few more words for Mr. Dolan. Right, yeah. I, 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 me too. I guess I kind of assume that's what happened, but I also don't like fully know. But like with uh, – yeah. I do know that like when, when, when he grabbed Charles Oakley and Charles Oakley clearly like hits his hand away and he's like, don't touch me, he immediately grabs him harder. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, like – Yeah, fair enough. There's yeah. a double escalation going on that I feel like – I don't know. But at the same time, if you're Charles Oakley and you're famous and you're Charles Oakley, you know, you <laughs> yeah. kind of do need to own that a bit. Yeah. Responsibility-wise in the leave. You know, it sucks. And he's courtside at an NBA game? There's probably also part of it where it's like, I'm a celebrity. You're going to make me leave courtside? Oh, man. If I was Charles Oakley, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how he feeds into the PA system. They probably wouldn't give it to him, <laughs> but I'd just grab the mic and yeah. be like, burn this fucker down. And the, <laughs> yeah, fans, okay. the fans would do the it, man. Would do it. You know what? Maybe, <laughs> <you're> <laughs> <telling> me. <laughs> maybe, maybe Ned's got the right idea and we all need a little bit more anarchy in our lives. What was what was Oak trying to no, do? No, he. Was, I think he was just trying yeah. to watch no, the game. Apparently, Oak was saying, "I want a thirty-minute breakdance like battle." Like, <laughs> and then, and then, like, and then James Dolan was like, "I won't battle you." He's like, "That's okay. Yeah. I want us to be like the leader I, of teams, I think- <laughs> and we'll do robots, and we'll get actually get more athletic battlers." As far as I can but, tell, it sounds like all he did was he was just there to watch the game. Yeah, and James Dolan was informed he was yeah. there and no. told him to like move from seats where fans could see him. I think he was, and then he, I, and then he, he knew it came from the top down and yeah. decided to make a scene and he had yeah. a apparently he had a laser pointer oh, <laughs> oh no yeah, he was like he was like uh, even outside of the stadium was pointing at airplanes which is oh, not geez. it's not legal yeah you're not supposed that's, to do that that's it's out of control with yeah. more like the heart filters on it so that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay let's move on from Oakley for a second but let's stay on Nick's uh, so um hate him has this uh, team by the way I was just thinking on the way up here I was I'm trying to think of the last time they were a functional Organization. Oh, I don't even pre mellow. Oh, it's not since the U, the Ewing era. No, I was, no. was going to say that season. Pre mellow seems to be Amari, the Amari, Amari, Amari Landry Fields, uh, Wilson Chandler. Insanity. Well, before that, like that was all very fun. That, well, there there was that bizarre Gallon Riley year. Gallinari, they yeah. had. I mean. Mm-hmm. Ha- have they have they been a functional organization oh, I, I in this mean. century? Like even when they're winning, they're still dramatic. You yeah. Mean? Yes. Oh yeah. No. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think it's like it's it's kind of like the Toronto Maple Leafs thing, but like just more amplified, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even more amplified than that. Um, so with Anthony and Phil Jackson, um, I think maybe I went to Elisa first, so I'm gonna go to Ned first this time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I won't even frame it. Like, what do you know about the situation? What do you think about the situation? So. Uh, it seems like uh, Phil Jackson. So Phil Jackson uh, earlier this week responded to a an article that was written about tension between him and Carmelo Anthony, and he tweeted about it. And he didn't tweet to say, "Oh, this is overblown. We have a great relationship." He didn't tweet to say, "Oh, Carmelo is a great leader, and we're gonna we're gonna ride him." He basically tweeted to be like, "Yeah, that pretty much. That's yeah. pretty much it." That pretty much covers it, except I already learned that you can't change a player's right. stripes, so he's, I'm not trying to change Melo. specifically said, like, I learned a long time ago you can't change a leopard's leopard spots. Leopard's spots, that <laughs> or was something. it. That was the expression. It's always is... weird when people compare people to animals, too. Can I say that? <laughs> yes. Can I say that, like, 
yeah, I get that some there's some good animal analogies out there, but like just drop the animal. So stuff. it's been pretty open that that there's this tension between uh, Phil and Carmelo, mm-hmm. and it's been pretty open that they're looking to find places. And it for seems him like go. Carmelo is the one who kind of floated. Like I would wave my right. What's well, it's also because he has yeah. a no trade. He has a no trade. He's got to be the only guy in the he's NBA. Like one, he's yeah. one of three. I think I looked into oh, it after okay. I said Whoa. that last yeah, time. Yeah, it's it's so it's not it's, a thing. He was the first weird. one to get it. It's a big deal in other leagues. Yeah. I know in the NHL. Oh, I don't know if God. it still is, but it used to be a huge deal. It was in the really NHL. bad. Yeah, we had to get like. Cabriolet away of his thing. third yeah. third line hell? guys with no trade yeah. clauses. Yeah. No yeah. Um, so he's got a no trade. So I mean, and again, it's one thing if yes, actively behind the scenes, you are trying to trade him and you're trying to work with him to find a place for him to go, or there's no way forward. Uh, but to just go out of your way and tweet, like, yeah, I don't like this guy. He's an yeah. asshole. It's like, why do you think you, you have leverage you here? Wait a minute. Okay. He's the one with the no trade Phil clause. Phil has this thing where he's like, he can't fathom the idea of him not looking like the smartest guy, I feel like. Like, every, him and George Carl right now are both just like, I've always been the smartest guy. I say whatever I want. I don't give a shit. What, I'm old now and not winning and no one cares? Oh, no. He's not the, even the coach. It's why he thinks if if one of them's going to have to go, it's going to be Phil, right? Yeah, yes. totally. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> There's no way it if, isn't. If you think about like <laughs> Mello versus Phil's tenure for New York, they've both been a disaster. Mm-hmm. But Mello has some uh, YouTube clips of some game winners. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Phil has like... Chris Stapps. Phil, Phil has and literally nothing Phil has else. Jokim Noah's contract. Yeah. No, Phil has clips yeah, exactly. of him winning championships gonna, in the 70s. Back to Freddie's point is that he, uh, like the Knicks don't really have to win to like sell out and be interesting. And maybe Phil kind of understands that. And he's like, you know, I'm going to keep this drama going. Mm. And like, you know, it's like a way of keeping people interested in the Knicks. Sort of, even they're, oh, so I'm liking this theory. They're like the Leafs in that sense too. <laughs> what, you, like yeah, you think behind the like, scenes there you know there's no such thing as bad press so it's like yeah. mellow uh, and phil jackson and like oh uh, what's gonna happen and suddenly people are like talking about the knicks interested in them even though they're like so terrible and they nobody should be caring about them at all okay i think on elisa's right. awesome theory um yeah. this is all a work we're gonna move on to other drama um there actually is quite a bit of different drama going on but um I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and um, do the most explosive one. We're we're kind of like two weeks out, but it was still pretty explosive. So Jimmy LeBron. Butler and oh, no. well, LeBron's a whole other thing too. So so Jimmy Butler okay. and um, yeah. Wade basically call out their teammates uh, for not trying hard enough, uh, and then Rondo just goes off on Instagram yeah. on both of them. Yeah, um, Kevin. Uh, what's your thoughts on that beef? Well, what's interesting there too is that uh, there's a, a further development after. So you know, Rondo was like, "Oh, uh, my vets never would have gone public; they would have came to yes, the locker yes. room, kind of mm-hmm. thing." And then Taj Gibson was like, "Well, the the main reason that the young guys were all pissed off about that is because Dwayne Wade doesn't come to practice, right? So it's like, come to practice if you're going to say shit like that, because yeah, Jerry and Grant and uh, uh, Doug McDermott, I think, were both upset about that." And you know, there's there's definitely a sense of like Taj Gibson is like the, he he doesn't because like, I was hearing this too. It's like and then I was listening to another podcast and I'm like, well, Wade's old; he doesn't have to come to practice. And yeah, like, I don't know what the and, etiquette is around that. And in Kobe's the, the same thing, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me. But like, 
Oh, yeah, no, Wade responded, and he was like, um, no, I'm 35 years old. I'm not going to come to practice every day. Oh, okay. There yeah, like, like 35, 35 is, like, is like, yeah, you, you got, got miles. Like, yeah. you, like, first of all, you should be retired. Yeah. Like, you're not, because Wade's still good enough. But, yeah. I mean, like, I think the fact that he's still playing at – anyone's still playing at 35 is insane. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, but I still feel like if you're not at practice, like, some kind of solidarity maybe. Yeah, something like that. Or, like – you know, or just like if you don't, if you're not actually going to suit up and like run the drills, go to a practice. Yeah, just be part of the and team. Like you know, speak to the people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you don't have to work out hard or whatever, but just go there and be like, do it. You know, keep your business private like that. It's unless it was his tactic to call everybody out publicly so to like shame them into doing better. Yeah. So is there? Okay, here, here's my question. Maybe I'll post it to you, Ned. Mm-hmm. Is there a villain? In all of this Chicago stuff, or is it just messy? I think it's just messy yeah, at this me point. I mean, normally the the one that's the most natural villain is Rondo. Yeah, just in terms of his personality, I like, yeah. hate Rondo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just because he, yeah. you know, um, he seems like a just a bad guy. Yeah. However, I don't think he's wrong if he's been called out publicly to then call them out publicly yeah. for calling him out publicly. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's not the one who started it. Um, I think um, it's the Bulls' front office. I think it has been forever. How it's like. Mm. Their weird GM, the rumors of like them telling Jimmy Butler that if he if he didn't take the offer sheet that they offered him, they were gonna <gasps> right. be- they were gonna bench him for Tony Snell to plummet his value. <laughs> yeah, um, that just came out. That imagine is, oh. imagine working for your employer yes. after being told that. Yes. That is a yes. that is a very serious um, like players agreement bargaining. And, and the reason that's like apparently one of the reasons Thibodeau was like so hated by them and like uh, uh. by the by the GM and apparently there's also like um oh shoot I just blanked oh yeah they're not giving Hoiberg the roster he wants they're just like not doing it well because he's like, like I want like, three point shooters yeah. and they're like got it no problem and then like yeah. <laughs> literally got rid of every three point shooter on the team and brought in guys who can't shoot yeah um so it seems like it's super dysfunctional at the top of the bulls organization yeah yeah that does seem like it's super dysfunctional at the top and maybe like it has been for a while well Mm -hmm. even this public calling each other out what was weird about the wade and uh butler call out to me was that they it made it seem like they were going to get benched the next game like they didn't start but the coach brought them in like halfway through the first quarter or something. Like, did really? you see that? It was oh, I, so I when I when I read that they they were benched, I assumed they were benched. I actually didn't even look yeah. twice at that. Yeah, they. That's what everybody assumes. Like, okay, they're not going to play. They're benched because you know they're being disciplined or whatever. But they were just benched for like the very start of the game, that and was... then they literally came off the bench like halfway through the first quarter. Both of them. That's almost like more of a shaming. In a that sense. was like our uh, our weird Corey Joseph situation. Because like everything I was yeah, reading was, was like, like Corey Corey's in the doghouse. Yeah, that was, was like, a bizarre. I think Corey one. was tired. Yeah, and then Casey was like, "I think you're tired. I'm going to rest you tonight." Yeah, and then we were playing against Boston, and it was a tight game, and and Patterson went out, and he put him in for like five minutes. I think like, I also had a feeling that Orlando was like, "Let us take a look at Fred VanVleet." Uh, oh, oh, it was against Orlando. You're right. It wasn't against Boston. Mm. Um, you know, for like a trade of some kind. That, that, I feel like stuff like that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, remember when we oh, played definitely. Phoenix last year with Mark Keith Morris, like having a triple double against us. That's right. And we were like rumored to. Yeah. 
Um, okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's go to the biggest drama of all. Uh, LeBron James, the king. <laughs> Cleveland is slumping just like Toronto, but um, obviously Cleveland, you know, it's a less big deal because they'll probably have it all they'll together. Be fine, yeah. And also, mm. similarly to Toronto, they like I think J.R. Smith as a rotation piece was like grossly uh, underestimated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he could shoot the three. He plays some defense. He's like rangy guy who's athletic. Yada yada yada. Um, so LeBron starts calling people out, and then there's a lot of chatter online about how LeBron shouldn't be calling people out. He should be playing better. And then it's this whole cocktail of like he's playing too much minutes, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, Netta, I, even though you're Cleveland, I think I'm going to throw this to Elisa first. Sure. Go for it. Uh, Elisa, what's your take on the on LeBron and the Cavs? And are there any bad guys there? Or is it just, just a messy situation again? I don't know. It's hard now to consider LeBron a bad guy. I mean, if you had asked me like six years ago, he was like the ultimate bad guy. But now it's so he's like trying so hard for Cleveland that it's hard to think of anything that he does for the team as like a bad guy move. Wait a second. Oh, sorry. I just want to say I'm leaving out the biggest part of this, which is the fact that Charles Barkley then called LeBron out and then LeBron went off on yeah. Charles Barkley. Charles should sorry. Shut his yeah. Mouth. yeah, sorry. That's so the biggest part that, of this whole thing. That's that is the big piece. Yeah. So for that one, I feel like um, you know, Barkley's gonna do him and that is sort of what he does. He like his analysis is that like yes he talks about players that are good, but he also talks about personality and like so, you know, he likes to be controversial and all of that. So it's not surprising that he would call out LeBron James for saying all that stuff. And then I think the way LeBron responded was like the way you are supposed to respond to a bully, which is like, you know, just stand up to him and put him in his place. But it was so mean because it like dealt with all of his personal life and his stuff off of the basketball court. Yeah, it went for old personal stuff, too. But, you know, again, like I I don't really blame LeBron for just trying to do everything he can to keep his team together. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really, I really Mariana, do think Mariana, clearly, be fine. my daughter, I don't know if you can hear her. She has some strong thoughts. She yeah. loves the game. Yeah, you know, she's chiming in. She's yeah. trying to speak. Yeah. She's got a couple sentences brewing. Well, <laughs> in, t- in terms of. Or not, because I don't think she actually does, but you know what I mean? Like, LeBron's brewing been, in a year. LeBron's been called on this oh, yeah, before. No, she about, she oh. followed that, uh, the, the Barkley LeBron thing closely. Yeah, it yeah. seems. I'm sure it she seems. actually did, because you were probably holding her while you read it on the internet. <laughs> Um, yeah, he, he's been called out before LeBron for talking publicly about his gripes and grievances and so forth, but he's such a smart guy. Like he, I, I think he is mature and crafty enough at this point that when he does it, it's specific because he knows it will, it will get people. I don't, I don't think he goes public first is what I'm saying. Yes. That was an issue. I think he brings it up privately. Yeah. And if nothing happens, then he goes public to... Yeah. To put some pressure. Well, and, um, okay, in, in okay, so I know some nasty words were said, but I think mm. for me, ultimately, I side with LeBron because oh, of course. Th- to me, the only blight on LeBron's career is a decision mm-hmm. and how he handled it. Mm-hmm. And that still yeah. made millions of dollars for charity. And actually, <laughs> will say as yeah. a Canadian, 
it for sure pissed me off the way he wrote that Sports Illustrated letter and didn't write Wiggins' name. Yes. Because <laughs> I was like, damn you. Wiggins is so good. Don't yeah. underestimate him. He knew, but, um, he knew he was going. He, uh, he knew he was going. Um, but no, I think Le- LeBron, you know, like did the thing last year where he like left for two weeks uh, and kind of GM the team and then they like won the championship. So it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. Um, but like the only thing that kind of bothers me about LeBron is that Cleveland spends more money on their roster than any other team in the NBA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you need to recognize that that, and apparently Cleveland lost $40 million, even though they won a championship. Yeah. So that also comes into play. Yeah. But as far as Barkley, I feel like Barkley is wrong so much of the time. His criticisms are off base so much of the time. And not that he's like always wrong, but I do think that he's throwing his criticisms out willy nilly all over the place. And I guess that's I, sort of his job. I no no I, yeah. I I know that, but I feel like it's one thing when you're kind of like if you like were to criticize the way LeBron like went about this particular situation, that's fine. But I think that like he's kind of like if you're LeBron and you viewed Barkley as like constantly trying to chip away at your legacy, I think that's valid because I think that Barkley has been. <laughs> I think it, from from the start, yes, from, from, from the, the very beginning, beginning. from the very beginning, yeah. he's yeah. always trying to take him down a notch. Yeah, as far as like how mm-hmm. people view him as a great player. Mm-hmm. So, and I think for the people who are like, "Oh, LeBron cares too much about his legacy," it's like get out of here. Yeah. Of course, he cares about Every his player legacy. Does. Are you insane? Yeah, Wade does. DeRozan the, does. Yeah, Lowry but does. The same Come on, time, Bar- that is Barkley's job. Is to kind of just. I know, like, yeah. Incite uh, drama, it's as true. you're talking about. Yep. Like he sort of is that that analyst that's not like by the book talking yeah. about numbers and how good certain players are. Like he does bring that extra kind of thing to yeah. TNT yeah. analysis, which mm-hmm. I, I guess I, well, is what like people love and wish, hate about him at the same time. I kind of wish LeBron just went like at Charles squarely at a player. Yeah, and be like, I'm better than you yeah. in every yeah, aspect exactly, of basketball. Exactly. That would make it all like even keel, even playing field. Yeah, I could, and, yeah, exactly. and it would have been great. Like Barkley never won a championship. Yeah, and Shaq lets him know that just, like, all the time. Thrown that in his face yeah. over and over, and I guess it. yeah, it's. I mean, and I should be clear with this, even though I obviously side with with LeBron, that I still like that Charles does this. I mm. do like that. I think Me it's too. good. Good TV, but it is true that maybe uh, I'm too sensitive. That well, I'm I mean, a snowflake but, guys. What's, <laughs> <laughs> but what's great is whenever he goes after. I mean, LeBron is one of the few people that can say to him, "No, I am more an, of an authority than you." Yes, like I, yeah. I literally am. I'm one of the I five mean, active players that's more of an authority than you on how to win basketball games. Yeah, um, yeah. Like the other thing is that he's going after LeBron James. He's not going after like you know Isaiah Thomas or like so mm-hmm. you know even somebody so small like mm-hmm. LeBron James should be able to take and has taken his fair share of criticism and I don't know I just I do understand why LeBron felt like he had to go after Barkley I just wish he had kept it all about basketball and kept the personal stuff out of it mm-hmm. yeah um oh what was I gonna say about LeBron um yeah I, I think I think I basically feel the same it's just kind of like Man, volcanoes got to explode sometimes. Yeah, LeBron picked his battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, for it. Oh, and, 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 he got and his I, money's worth. And I think <laughs> I think I'm realizing on this podcast that I, I'm I, I'm sensitive. When I guess I just feel like sometimes when somebody's a celebrity, I feel like as a society we all feel like it's okay 
to for anyone like to say anything beat about them up. Them. Yeah. yeah, because they're in sure, in, in sure. the public sphere or whatever. And I remember being like equally bothered by Shaq's like relentless like campaign against Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm. and and I, I just remember it being. I felt that it was like unfair because it's like as a player. Every, you know, it's not like like he's asked his opinion on Shaq all the time. But you know what? I guess that that is the league. We like, well, what are we? We're a basketball podcast. So yeah. we're, we're, we're critiquing people. Yeah. So if we had a bigger no, but, amplified no, but there's voice. There's a difference you know, in that you guys are doing it like purely from a fan perspective. These guys, Shaq and Barkley, are clearly bringing like old ex player ego into it. You know, yes. like oh, yeah. Shaq was disparaging totally. Howard because he couldn't the idea of Howard being the new Superman, you know, I think that was the, the, the genesis of all that. Jordan's hall of fame, maybe the same thing, like, you know, (laughs) LeBron being like a better power forward than he ever was. It's sort of, I think just kind of that is what it is as opposed to like other people who are, are doing objective analysis without kind of like, I don't know, bringing their egos into it. If I ran the NBA here, be here. Like this, this would be my rule. Uh, your commentator, your coach, got to be a role player, because mm. all the all those guys they've already made so much money too. Yeah, like, I want nothing but Kenny's. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I want nothing but Kenny's. Honestly. That's a that's a well, dreadful nightmare. I want I want every yeah. coach and every ref and every commentator and every ESPN analyst to be Kenny to be Smith. Kenny. Yes, yeah. Um, to but, be a Kenny Smith. Okay, I think I think a Legion of the Jets. We we talked um, about the drama long enough. Just just a quick wrap up here on the drama. This just in got Reggie Miller's take on the Charles Oakley situation. Okay, oh, yeah. oh let it fly, oh. Kevo. Oh, he he's taking a couple fists if his name's from Kevin, Charles Oakley. Let it fly. <laughs> he's taking some fists from Chuck. Yes, Reg, Reggie Miller for sure has been on the wrong end of some Charles Oakley. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. If this is true that James Dolan hasn't wanted Charles Oakley around the organization, it's a damn shame. Oak sweated for the Knicks. Pacers respect you, brother. If you're a free agent to be, why would you play for an owner who treats the past grace like this or a president who stabs a star player in the back? There you Ooh. go. I, that's something that I was thinking because Charles is... See, I didn't Oakley, know all that about Dolan. Charles Oakley is still uh, like best friends with Jordan. If I'm Jordan, I'm like, guess what? You're a guest of honor. Mm-hmm. Every Bobcat... Yeah. Or, they're not Bobcats anymore. Every Hornets yeah. game, game yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the Knicks are in town. Are you kidding me? Like, if I'm yeah. any other team, I'm like, yeah. you're welcome. And even even if you didn't play for us, you're welcome here, Charles Oakley. And totally. at, the, at the beginning of every game, when we release the Hornets, we'll give you a B-suit. <laughs> Oh, You'll be the only one in the in the arena. <laughs> only one in the, the arena who gets a bee suit. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. But guess what? Hornets can penetrate that bee suit, my friend. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, Jordan's messed. Yeah, yeah. Jordan's uh, he's weird. Um, yeah. So, um, what, what are we moving on to next, Kevin? Let's uh, let's so go actually, on. Actually, before we move mm. on, I think I might have to bow out at okay. this point as uh, my daughter. She just she needs to get caught up with this Reggie Miller. Yeah. situation so cool. she's demanding that we go on twitter and look at some pictures and all of that kind of stuff so i'm gonna have to bow out and take care of her okay that's that's um, a-okay if that would be yeah. all right yeah do you have anything to plug <laughs> anything to plug do you have anything going on mm, nope i got nothing to plug <laughs> okay you know? well, you, you, okay you what, plug your own stuff. What, what's your instagram alisa alisa nobrega alisa nobrega i got some great 
videos and oh, pictures yeah. and wow. You, you, you want to see Elisa? There. You want to see your baby? Have a look at that Instagram. I also just baby. realized Elisa's name could for sure be done by like as like a group cheer, like E L I S A N O B R E G A. Right? That's like wow. perfect, bud. <laughs> wow. wow. Yes, Kevin has pom poms yeah. and he's not wearing anything else. Nope. <laughs> um, okay, sweet. Well, no, Lisa, thank you so much. But thank you so much for having me. This is super fun. You're the best, Lisa. Bye, Lisa. Okay. Bye, Mariana. Bye. Hi, yo. Hi, yo. Hi, yo. Well, you know what that means, Ned. You what? have to pick up the mantle by yourself. I don't even have a baby. <laughs> well, <laughs> or a mantle. Go get one. Um, oh no. Um, it's pro line time. Okay, friendos. Line time. Are you guys ready for this? I We're want. Ready. I want to know my record. It's got to be dismal. Gambling. Fresh pizza. Um, <laughs> just a just a super quick. Uh, Matt, did did you want to just walk everyone through how Proline works? Who's listening? Oh yeah. Or how we do it anyway. Yeah. I've uh, thought about an easy way to explain this. So essentially the first game is Philly at Orlando, Mm -hmm. and Orlando has the spread by six. So if you think that Orlando is going to win by six or more, you pick Orlando. If you don't think that, you pick Philly. That's right. Okay. And what's cool is we got a running tally. Mm -hmm. We do. We got one for Freddie. We've got standings. One for Matt. One for Kevin and one for guests. guests. One for Whoa. team guests. Yeah. Guests. Me with all the guests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sure. what? So what? What are our scores before we get going? Yep. So we, in last place we have Kevin with nice. a three and seven record. Ouch! 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 Three hundred win percentage. Uh, the guests are uh, w- they jump back up over five hundred. They're seventeen and sixteen for a five one five win percentage. Mm. Freddie and Matt very tight at the top right now. <sighs> Freddie ten and five. Six six seven. You've had that for a couple weeks now. Hi-yo. And I'm still first with an eleven and four seven oh. three three Ooh, win. And we should all we should also emphasize even if Kevin has the lowest record, it really depends on how much money he bet on these games. That's right. He, he <laughs> could he could still have the most net income. I, I am I am in a bad place. If you guys can help me out after the show. <laughs> also, if you're wondering about how impractical we are, by the time you hear this, these games will be over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> This is pure um, hypothetical gambling. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Matt, fire it away. All right. So, game one, we've got Philly at Orlando, mm-hmm. and Orlando has the spread by six. You want to me first? Yeah. I'm going to say Philly. Philly. Ned. Yeah, I'm taking the under as well. Is that what that would mean? If I'm taking yes. Philly, that's yeah. the under? Yep. I'm taking yep. the under. Taking the under. Kev? Mm, I'm going to take Orlando because I don't think Embiid's playing. He is not. Yeah. And I'm going to take Orlando as well. I feel like they've been kind of hot yeah, lately a little they've, bit. They've been, they've been like, like uh, you can never describe a team like Orlando as hot, yeah. but mm. they've been like not ice cold. No. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got a split there. Second game, we got Houston at Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Houston has a spread by four. Okay. Kevin. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like uh I like Houston in that one. Okay. Fred? Houston by four over whom? Charlotte. Charlotte. And it's in Houston. It's, it's in, Charlotte. in Charlotte. Uh Houston. Ned? I'm taking Houston, yeah. Okay. And I will also take Houston. Across the board. Next we have a big one. Mm. <sighs> Cleveland at OKC. Ooh. Mm. OKC is the spread by 11. What? I'm sorry. 
OKC is favored? Yeah. By, by 11. 11? 11. That can't be. Is LeBron resting? Yes. Like, what's. Kevin, what's can you lean on? over the computer? 11. Just give us a second set of eyes there. <laughs> Hey, I mean, Kevin, you lean over. Well, I have it just written down because I transferred just, it. You just typed it. So, I yeah. transferred it. Well, I am 100% <laughs> going to say Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Even if OKC wins this game, I do not think oh. it will be by 11 Yeah, points. yeah, yeah. So I, too, will be taking the under because the last time Cleveland won by, like, 16, right? That's what, yeah. they, Cleveland beat OKC. Oh, yeah. Last but, time they But you, you're saying that... The, the betting line yeah. is OKC. Because they're, they're in OKC? Over, uh, well, I, I actually think if it's a scenario where LeBron has been like, I'm not playing, then maybe that's a possibility. That, that is what's Oh, up. you know what? Okay, so Ke- I Kevin's- just read this. They might be resting pretty much everybody. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, right. oh they're, yeah, I mean, they're resting like Irving. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. I'm not so crazy now, am I? No, yeah. no, no. Sorry. I, it's not that you were crazy. Still, I, I'm, I'm, still, still, I'm still picking Cleveland. I feel like I'm still taking the under. I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not claiming that Cleveland's going to win that game, but I'm claiming that 11. OKC I'm wins games by under. a point. It's pretty intense. Yeah. yeah, it's intense. Yeah, I'm going to go Cleveland on that. Are we all going Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. Again, not to win outright necessarily. <laughs> no. But to uh Yeah, that's that's pretty silly. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see. You never know with uh, But right, yeah, cuz they're it's like four in a row or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lou, Lou said he might be resting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next game we've got Utah at Dallas. Mm-hmm. Utah has a spread by 4. Freddie. Say it one more time. Utah has a spread by 4. Utah at Dallas. Utah. Utah? Kev. Utah. Hey, Man. if uh, the guests let's let's go Dallas. Oh, mixing it up. Just to see. Hey, trying to take that lead. Only only one of us can uh, <laughs> can gain here. And I I'm gonna go Utah. Sorry. Last one. We've got Boston at Portland, and Portland has the spread by one and a half, aka two. Hmm. I'll take Portland. Kev's going Port. Say it again, the line. Uh, Boston at Portland. Portland by one and a half. Uh, I'll go Boston. I'm also going to go Boston. I also am going to go Boston. All right. And that's it. This is how I ended up in last. And by the way, for this record, (laughs) do you measure who beat the, by beating the spread or by who wins the game? Who beats the Who makes the right picks. Yeah. Yeah, I see. And that's it for right. Perlman. I'm, hev- I'm heavily invested, me and the other guests. If, um, we, if we win the pot at the end and we split it yes. 30 ways, I yeah. want to make yeah. sure. We're just, you're, you're getting your we're just yeah. using Mario coins. Oh, yes. oh so, fantastic. Yeah. That's, nice. That's how I was going to spend yeah. it anyway. Nice. Great. Okay. Awesome. Um, great. Well, th- uh, thanks for thanks for coming, Ned. Yeah. Got, got anything big coming up? Uh, well, it looks like Freddie's playing it too. If you're hearing this uh, in so the future, yeah, yeah, exactly. get in a time machine and go to Comedy Bar tonight <laughs> for the Vest of Friends Vestravaganza. Great. A uh, big comedy fundraiser show. Uh, otherwise, what else is going on? Nothing. Just follow me on Twitter at Dead Petrie. Great, it's a Beautiful. good follow. He's very yeah. fun. He's an amazing man. Um, well, thanks for listening to our fortieth episode, you Whoa. guys. Episode forty. Yeah. Hiyo. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's big. If I may say, uh, check check out our website. Uh, yes. Dungspodcast I've put up some more links because I started doing my podcast again. 
So podcast Fat Boy is up. Nice. And, wanna, and, and that podcast is uh, what? Well, give us a quick description of that podcast. Uh, essentially, it's um, I used to be a former trainer uh, years ago, and now I'm not. Okay. And it's kind of my <laughs> my it's kind of my journey through you know a world where you're forced to exercise, like you feel like you're forced to yep. exercise and stuff. So um, it's me navigating through that and ranting as I cool. go about you know um, food and exercise and whatever. And it's it goes all over the place. It's pretty. Salty. The reboot Ooh, is pretty salty. Like it. Okay, um, but uh, it's a fun time. And I also put up a link uh, to Kev's Beaverton page. Let's uh, read up. All. Do I have a Do I have a personal Beaverton page? Or do you, you do. The, what? Yeah, oh. you do. You do. You can. Um, about that, like, search my name or something. Yeah, you should actually ask them to put your picture up because you can check me out. Yeah. Wait. So some Beaverton writers have. Their, their own page. I had. Up? I had yeah. no idea. If this you is click the on first their time names, hearing of this. Okay. It's, a, it's a Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. No one's asked me for my If you want to read yeah. Kev's articles, they're super funny. Check that out. Thanks, man. And, of course, Rap Battles is there tucked in. That's right. Bed. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, tucked right in. Um, okay, great. All uh, right. Everything's great. Yeah. Thank you all uh, for listening. And, yeah. Um, yeah. To the next 40. To the next 40. To the next 40. Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? This has been the Confederacy of Dunks with Kevin Dose at Freddy Rivais. Please subscribe and rate on iTunes and Stitcher. And check out taco.co for more great podcasts.